0: Hey everyone, it's Drew. I'm here for the Men in Red show. This is our third episode. Hello.
1: Hey buddy, how's it going? Very well. So guys, our guest now on show is Fox Sports Wisconsin's Jesse Temple. Jesse, thank you so much for being on with us tonight.
2: Hey, thanks guys for having me on. I appreciate it.
1: So, so Jesse, Jesse is... Oh, go ahead, John.
0: I already botched the opening. This is fantastic. <laughs> all right. Uh, Jesse, so for the people who don't know you already, um, you're one of our obviously favorite Twitter followers, and you do a fantastic job covering both the football and the basketball. Um, maybe give a little bit of a background about uh, kind of where you're from, how you got, um, how you made it to Madison, um, kind of your experience covering the Badgers.
2: Sure. I'll keep it short. I don't want to lose all your listeners in the first two minutes uh i uh where do I start i uh went to a small division three school in Illinois to play basketball realized I wasn't gonna make the n b a since I was you know playing Division three basketball and five foot nine so um always liked sports and writing and uh turned that into a career and my uh, first job out of college was uh, uh in Muncie, Indiana, covering high schools and then uh moved to Madison in October two thousand eleven right in the middle of Russell mania. And uh so that was a good time and uh, it's been a pretty good run, you know. Two Rose Bowls, a final four, and uh maybe a second final four. I don't know, we'll see what happens in the next few weeks. So that's the short version.
0: So we were meaning to ask you this anyway, but because I- I'm I was aware that you had played basketball in college and I was wondering which sport you enjoy covering
2: more. Um, that's a good question. You know, I um I love basketball, like, this is my favorite time of the year. I still get giddy on Selection Sunday like I'm a 10-year-old kid. I don't, I can't really explain why. It's kind of ridiculous probably, but uh, the thing that I've really enjoyed about covering football is that there are so many guys on the team that you really never run out of storylines. Uh, so you can always talk to somebody new, and during the basketball season, you're basically talking to the same seven or eight dudes for, for five months. So I think that each sport has its own uh, merits, and uh, but I guess I'm, as a fan, uh, more enthralled with basketball since I grew up playing it.
0: Well, transitioning right into basketball is only we can do on our third episode of a podcast that only our family and various writers listen to. Uh, Well
2: done so far.
0: (laughs) We were hoping to get your thoughts on the play of Wisconsin since the Maryland loss. The Maryland loss was... Somewhat predictable. It kind of felt like a loss going into it, but since then we've seen two pretty dominant performances. Where do you see Wisconsin as we head into the Big Ten Tournament weekend?
2: I mean, I think they're playing pretty darn well, and you know, it's easy to look at the loss and ask what's what's going on, what's wrong. You know, they just they didn't really hit shots, and they were playing in front of eighteen thousand people in the biggest game of the year for Maryland. So, you know, I, I even when they lost, I wasn't really too concerned. I know they missed like 10 of 11 threes or something in the first half and that's never a good thing, but this team has been so consistent all year. I, I think that they've maybe even exceeded whatever high expectations we had for them coming in, which were pretty darn high. Um only to, you know, to lose 3 games and to go through the Big 10 just dominating at 16 and 2 is is impressive. And, you know, where are they now? I mean, uh, they're one of the four or five best teams in college basketball, and with a legitimate shot to win the title. And I don't know how the seeding is going to end up. You hear a lot right now about if they don't move up to one, that they'll be in two in the Midwest, and how unfair it is, and woe is them that they have to play Wisconsin or they have to play Kentucky in the Elite Eight. And you'll never hear players say that they, you know, they're going to have to be Kentucky at some point. But uh, I think this team is primed for a deep run, and, and frankly, they've played so well that basically they've set themselves up for. If it doesn't happen, that uh, you know, it, it's almost like if they don't make the Final Four or even the Elite Eight, you consider the season uh, a failure at the end, which um, is kind of, I guess, a sad thing to say. But uh, even Sam Decker acknowledged that, that you know, if you end your season with a loss, it's a failure. So these guys have high expectations, but I think that's a good thing.
1: That is definitely a good thing. One of the the big reasons for Wisconsin's improved play after the Maryland loss has been, as of this afternoon, ten. Player of the Year Kaminsky, you had uh, an excellent piece on Kaminsky about how he's been a bit overwhelmed with all of the interview requests. Have you seen his performance improve throughout this season despite the added pressure?
2: Yeah, this is something that he even maybe 18 months ago could not have envisioned, and he's he's. I like him, and and I'm really gonna miss covering him because he's such a different dude you know uh he's a great basketball player and and that's cool and all but uh i'd rather you know talk to interesting people and and talk to people with fun quotes and he he i guess maybe because he grew up and wasn't like a a well-known commodity you know his best scholarship offer outside of wisconsin was northwestern so i think he he went through high school and wasn't really used to the media attention and then he got here and and wasn't a big-time player, and then all of a sudden it just kind of hit him, like, like a freight train almost, and he's he's still the same guy that he always was, and, and it's funny when you start an interview with him, you can tell how, how uncomfortable he is and how much he hates it and doesn't want to be there, but then when you start asking him the questions, uh, I mean, he's just really forthright and and uh, really compelling and candid, uh, and, and he's done a great job of handling all those things that have come his way, like you asked. You know, this is not an easy spot to be in. I know a lot of people would love to be in that spot, but think about it. Anywhere he goes, he's the center of attention, and he can't get away from it, uh, and everybody wants to talk to him and tell his story, uh, and and he just didn't grow up that way where he was the, the center of attention. So uh, if you talk to teammates, they say he's no different now than when he was as a freshman. He's the same guy playing 32 minutes as he was playing two minutes, and I think that's helped him to play so well because he just hasn't let all those pressures bother him.
0: So you've covered him for, I believe, the entirety of his career, correct? Yeah. Where would you say that you saw the change in him from personality-wise? Or did he always have this personality, but it was just not at the forefront because of his role?
2: No, I think he's always had the same personality. I just think, like, how many people were swarming him for interviews when he was playing seven minutes a game as a freshman and averaging two points, you know? So... Uh, I think it was just as the attention grew, people sort of noticed it more and more. Um, and, I mean, really, you know, he's the guy that everybody wants to talk to after every game and before every media availability when there's practice. Uh, so I think it's just more of that, and, and part of him is probably like, hey, I don't I don't really understand why everybody wants to talk to me. Like, what could I have to say that's so interesting? But, uh, like I said, he's, he's an interesting character. He, he, who gets a puppy – a month before their college season ends, and they're probably going to become a millionaire. Uh, and then, you know, he names it after a Game of Thrones character. And who does a who does a YouTube video with the dance-off with an acapella group? And, and just, like, he just does so many random things that you wouldn't expect from a guy who's the national player of the year in college basketball.
0: In his defense, I would also only get a puppy if I was going to be a millionaire and had someone I could just... And two. So I mean, I—that's I, true. I definitely I feel, like, I feel like I feel like that's a good time to get a puppy. I feel like being, I so. becoming a billionaire is a good time to do anything. I guess that's a valid point. Uh, so you win. Finally, finally, first win, first win since I got married. All right, Drew. Wow.
2: Sounds rough.
1: Don't worry, his wife doesn't listen to the show. She'll never hear this.
2: Oh, that's great. <laughs>
0: So in terms of the upcoming Big 10 tournament, Wisconsin is the number 1 seed. They play on Friday. What is your anticipation that or who do you anticipate that Wisconsin is going to run into um and do you see any teams outside of Maryland posing a threat to them before Sunday?
2: Uh that's uh that's a good question. I I don't know, you know, it's it's like these tournaments are such a crapshoot that it's hard to say. Except that this year, I think Wisconsin is so far and away better than everybody that it just seems hard for me to believe that somebody could take them down. Now I know, uh, you know, Iowa's like the four seed and has a has a, an opening round by or opening two round by, just like Wisconsin, and and so that's a possibility. You, I mean, you just saw what Wisconsin did to Ohio State. It just destroyed the Buckeyes like they were. Um, some Division II team or something, and that was in Columbus. I mean, I, it, it, it leads me to believe that this is the best Wisconsin team ever, and if they truly are, uh, I just don't see anybody really challenging them uh, until Maryland, and, and you'd better believe that these guys would be highly motivated to to show that, uh, you know, they're not going to go down to Maryland twice in the span of one month. So, uh, you know, Wisconsin was the cream of the league, uh, and then Maryland was right there two games behind. It's a, It's obvious why both those coaches were – we're co-coaches of the year in the league. So uh, I, I just don't see a team taking Wisconsin down until the final. And even then, I don't know. Uh, you know, I think that this team very well could be the first one at Wisconsin to win the regular season and the conference title since 08. To kind of
0: round things out from a basketball standpoint, you, you touched on this briefly earlier, but one of the big talking points, I know that Pat Forty – Wrote a column about this, I believe, last night or uh, this morning, is the debate over kind of what region you want to be for your fan base versus yeah. the higher seed. How do you? What is your take on that kind of that kind of debate? Would you? I I think that most Badger fans would be more interested in being a number one seed, even if it meant being in a region um, that was a little bit more difficult to go to versus having to. In the Midwest region with Kentucky, how do you feel?
2: Yeah, I mean that's you know that's a fair opinion to have. Wisconsin's never been a one seed in the NCAA tournament, so for all the success this program has had, that would be kind of a nice feather in the cap to uh, to say that this is the first team ever to earn a one seed. Uh, now, ultimately, who who remembers who the seeds were uh, unless you you win a national championship? And and Nigel Hayes, you know, I was talking to him last week about this and was asking if it really matters you know what seed they are and if they're if they care about it and and he he asked that exact question you know who who were the 1 and 2 seeds last year and who won the national championship and and you know I I went back and just to look what the seeding was and UConn last year was a 7 seed and Kentucky was an 8 seed so ultimately I think these guys will tell you the seeds don't matter but uh it would certainly would be nice to be a 1 seed as for this whole debate about Kentucky uh, I I really don't know what to think. They, they're going to have to beat Kentucky to win a national title unless Kentucky completely chokes it away somewhere along the way that that we can't envision. So w- what's the difference if it's the Elite Eight or the Final Four other than you get an extra five days to kind of celebrate that, hey, Wisconsin is still alive in tournament play? And it is a little bit confusing because, you know, I always thought before that you had this S-curve. So if you were the best number two seed, you would hypothetically play the worst number one seed. Well, we all know Kentucky is the best one, and Wisconsin probably will be the best, too, if the Badgers don't get a one seed. Uh, And yet, what has uh, trumped all that in this kind of new format is the idea that you have to play as close as you can to campus. So that would mean the Midwest region over, say, putting them in the south or something like that, uh, where the Sweet 16 would be in Texas as opposed to Cleveland. Uh, So... um, you know, I, I guess I don't know what to think. If if they happen to be in Kentucky's bracket, it'll be a neat storyline for us media types. But, like, who cares? you still got to win three games to even get to Kentucky, and you got to beat them at some point. So that, that's kind of my viewpoint on it.
1: So if we could uh, switch gears a little bit with you and go over to the football side of things. We noticed this past offseason with all the coaching changes with the Badgers there was a lot of consternation on message boards about who the assistant coaches were going to be, more so than I think I had ever seen. And uh, the Badgers finally finalized their coaching staff with uh, John Settle as the running backs coach. Uh, What are your thoughts on him, and where do you see the running game going next year after Melvin Gordon left?
2: I know as a football beat writer I should have more thoughts on John Settle, but I've never talked to him, so it's kind of hard for me to, I guess, get a gauge on it other than, like, hey, he's been at Wisconsin before. He's coached this position. Of all the positions in college football, I think being a, a you know an assistant coach, coaching running backs at Wisconsin has got to be one of the more coveted ones. So he understands the deal, and Paul Christ has been around this program, as we all know, so I think that a lot of those things, pro-style offense, where you are very run-oriented are not going to change. I, I think losing Thomas Brown uh, was tough. You know, uh, there weren't many schools that he was going to leave for. You can certainly understand him leaving for Georgia since that's where he played. Uh, he has strong ties there. But, I mean, what he was able to do in recruiting in a short time by nabbing some pretty quality tailbacks was impressive. Uh, and he, he struck me as, as an impressive guy. And, and even in talking to some of these recruits, I mean, he was a big reason that uh, Bradrick Shaw, for example, committed here in the first place. So they, they didn't dive into – Alabama and Texas very often but they they were able to do that with a couple of quality guys and, and so I think that he'll be missed but uh, I don't think they're going to skip a beat. Corey Clement's going to be the the next big thing here. The question is uh, how is John Settle going to develop whoever winds up behind him and I don't know if that's Taiwan Deal or Stevenson or uh somebody else uh, Caleb Kinlaw but the, they're going to need two running backs. We just don't know who that second guy is right now.
1: So when we were emailing earlier today, you said you didn't really mind if we asked
2: you kind of some
1: oddball questions. And uh the the, only one, the better. Perfect. The only one I could come up with was I was uh going through your Twitter feed and it is very focused on Badger Athletics. There are almost no personal tweets or about anything other than Wisconsin sports. The only thing I noticed yeah. was when the Great Llama chase of two thousand fifteen overtook the internet Riveting. last week. Yeah. It was excellent television, and so I wanted to know if there was a rogue llama in the streets of Madison, where do you think they would run to, and how would you apprehend it?
2: Wow, that's that's quite a question. That's
0: uh, the best <laughs> question we've ever asked.
2: That's exceptional. Um, where would they go? Well, I mean, geez, that's a good question. Probably to a bar, right? I mean, I don't know. You Is have to like assume. like college-age llama? Would they like go to the K Club? I mean, I don't really know. Would they go to Madison's? Because like, I don't know, they'd probably pick up all the girls, assuming it's a guy llama. Can llamas uh, walk downstairs? I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. So Madison's doesn't have stairs. or Well, you can just walk right onto the dance floor. I don't know why he'd go into Madison's. Never mind.
0: That's I a good think question. Just how, 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 how would I apprehend
2: dance, it? Dancing strategy, just walking straight out to the dance floor. Yeah, so that's what I would do is uh I would engage the llama in a dance off uh and then like, you know, I I'd, I'd have my my fish net or whatever and uh and catch him like that, you know, he would be like two into the moves and then I would get him. So that's I, I mean, that's what I had. I I'd, I I'd, I'd, I'd beat him in a dance off at Madison's.
1: There it is. You heard it first, folks. I catch the llama by
2: Jet Temple.
0: Maybe yeah. you should just yeah, ask him like a every good, week about uh, an uh, Internet thing and what his yeah, take is on
2: it. This could be it just sounds a sounds like a good thing. novel, really. Maybe somebody could write that. Drew, I know you got time to write that.
0: I, I
1: have free time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> now, Jesse, you got a lot of actually – Dap, I would say from a journalism perspective for your pieces on the stavi yips this this year oh, I would say that yeah. that was uh i was i was pleasantly surprised to see how many times that your column got linked back to that um and it was a, it was a good it was a good story and I thought you handled the entire stavi thing uh extremely well and uh I was wondering. Who do you think? Who do you see as the more polarizing athlete on campus? Do you feel it is still Stavi, or do you think that Trey Jackson is the is the guy? Where do you Man. where do you
2: stand on that? Uh, That's a great everlasting question. debate. That's a good a good question. Uh, I feel like there are more people who think that like the football team wins in spite of Stavi, whereas. I, I I feel like maybe more people have come around to the idea that Trey Jackson was like, hey, kind of good for the basketball team, and and now that Bronson has become the starter since Trey's been injured, you know, maybe that debate is uh, doesn't exist anymore. I mean, I, I I know some people might think, well, look how well Bronson is playing. Like Trayvon Jackson really isn't that important, but in some respects, I hope they've come to appreciate the things that he has done for this program. I mean, he's won games. He's, he's got those sort of intangible qualities where, and Frank has talked about this too, that he's, he's the leader. He's the guy that everybody looks to. He's confident. He's experienced. You know, he started 84 straight games. So, um, I, I feel like Stave is still the more polarizing guy because I also feel like football moves the meter more in Madison than basketball. You know, you guys probably, I, I, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I, I feel like that's the vibe I, I've gotten from from being around here. Like, people still want to talk about football, uh, and spring football hasn't even started. And, and basketball is kind of like, you know, when the team's good, that's cool. But it's kind of like once the New Year's Day bowl game is over, people really shift their attention to basketball. So, I, I guess my answer would that. Be, I guess my answer would still be Joel Stave, and the reason that I say that now is because I. I think he's going to be the starter this year, and I know Badgers fans are like, why can't somebody else beat him out or whatever? But, I mean, you're not going to put a freshman who's never played before in for a guy who's 21-7, and seven, uh, and Tanner McAvoy might be playing safety, so I think he's the best option that the team has. And, I mean, you know, but personally, I'm a big Joel Stavi fan. Uh, I like him as a person, and maybe sometimes that, I hope that doesn't cloud my judgment in terms of how they are as players. I mean, I'll acknowledge if they're terrible, and You know, he stunk against Northwestern, which was a tough spot to be in. He stunk against Ohio State, which everybody stunk. But he still, I think, gives you the best chance to win. And, um, you know, people have to remember, it's not like he was a four-star guy coming in. He he, uh, didn't have a scholarship right away and was ranked as the, like, 101st best quarterback in his class. So I think he's exceeded uh, whatever expectations there were, which I don't think there were any. And he, he still wins football games and is a smart player, and I think he'll get a lot better. This season really wasn't all that fair if you want to say, look at the stats, how can you throw more picks than touchdowns? Uh, I wonder what it would have been like if they would have named him the starter from the outset against LSU. I think it would have been different.
1: Well, Jesse, thank you so much for joining us today on our show. This was uh, Jesse Temple. You can follow him at Jesse Temple on Twitter, follow your Wisconsin. And athletic needs. Uh, Jesse, we hope to have you on again soon to maybe ask you more llama questions or whatever else is on the
2: internet that day. Yeah, sounds good. The, the highlight of my evening, without question, guys. Dance off with a llama. All right. I <laughs> Thanks again, All right, All right. See you guys.
0: Have a good one.